This is Opinionated, a roundtable debate that fascinates with each new thought-provoking guest, the place to convey strong ideas and at times the casual controversy. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson as they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. everybody, this is Ben United. I'm Ben Schiller, Features Editor here at Coindesk. And joining me today are Anna Bedakova. Hi, Anna. Hello. And Danny Nelson, who is not in New York today, his normal home. He is actually in Miami with Art Basel, which is a big, big deal in the, in the art world. And this year has been, I think, invaded by NFT people and crypto people. So we're getting this interesting clash between the old traditional stodgy art world and this kind of crazy NFT world. So how's it looking down there, Danny? Well, I don't know if uh, I really call Art Basel old and stodgy. I got to say, when I was on the airplane down here from New York to Miami, I met uh, an old Berliner with pink hair, and she was uh, telling me all <laughs> the different types of artwork that she's been up to. I'll just say it was much more avant-garde than stuffy old Dutch masters. Well, we can leave it at that for now. But yeah, it, down here in Miami, it's pretty cool. We're seeing, I don't know if I'd call it so much a clash, of the art establishment and NFTs as an integration of the two. We're really only just getting started. It's uh, Wednesday, December 1st, now recording. Art Basel starting up more this weekend and next week. And this week, there's quite a lot of NFT programming. But toward the end of this week, I'm starting to see a lot of the old world, you could say, putting on events for this new one, such as Christie's, one of the big auction houses. Christie's is one of those places that very, very wealthy art collectors go to acquire new works. They're yeah. putting on an NFT party and, you know, Christie's and Sotheby's and all the like, they're hiring aggressively to be able to facilitate sales in NFT artwork and metaverse gaming and all that kind of stuff Yeah, as they're looking to supplement their current offerings of that art establishment with this new world. So we're really starting to see with this NFT week component of Art Basel, this development come to fruition. Yeah, interesting. So, so what do you think is driving this trend in Sotheby's and, and Christie's getting into this market? I mean, do they just see dollar signs or ETH signs and are they just aping in? Yeah, for Christie's and Sotheby's, absolutely. I mean, the opportunity here, these are businesses and their opportunity is to make money and you know they get the cut of these sales. So they might say, oh, well, we're doing it to stay relevant. And that's also true. But at the end of the day, this is a business decision. They're seeing an opportunity to participate in a very vibrant market and they're positioning themselves to take advantage of it to the fullest extent. Now, that's not to say that that is the entirety of Art Basel and NFT Basel. That's only one aspect of how the two worlds are coming together. But the profit incentive of trying to make a buck or make some ETH on NFTs is very real. So, I mean, this, this seems to be a, a culmination of a long year for this NFT boom. And I'm just wondering, as we come out of the COVID pandemic, do you think we're going to see a kind of ratcheting down of interest in NFTs? I mean, some people argue that this is kind of a COVID phenomenon. It's not a, a real world phenomenon. Uh, what do you think about that? 
I mean, it's a, you know, COVID phenomenon. The best COVID phenomenon out there is Peloton, right? Everyone got a Peloton during COVID. Everyone, well, not everyone, but those who could get Pelotons, we're getting Pelotons during COVID. Companies doing well. Everyone was on their bikes, not talking to anyone. Now that at least in the US, restrictions are pretty much gone, no one's using their Pelotons anymore. People are going outside. People are experiencing the world. I don't know if NFTs are going to be so much of a COVID symptom, I guess, as Peloton. It's interesting. The difference here is that unlike Peloton, I wouldn't say that we are already living in the reality in which NFTs would be something useful for everyday life. Like we're not living in metaverse. You would be wearing an NFT costume or, you know, like winging an NFT sword or whatever. I'm not sure if NFTs is something of the pandemic era. I would look for some other drivers that really provoke this wave. I wonder what is the atmosphere? Danny, is there any sense that NFTs are taking over the Art Basel? Or rather, you know, they exist in their particular corner somewhere on the background of the exhibition and the whole event is not that much about NFTs or like the spirit of the metaverse is everywhere. So Art Basel as an institution is kind of interesting because it's not like a car show or a flower show at a convention center. This is a, I I mean, I use the word distributed here, not to imply that it's like a crypto phenomenon, but more Art Basel is literally distributed across the city of Miami in art galleries and different venues. And so it's hard to say the extent to which crypto is taking over or is top of mind. I would venture to get to say, no, it definitely is very much a side event. And therefore, it's really catering to the people who already know what's up. The events that I've been to and the events that I'm, I think that I'll be going to, I'm not sure how many art normies, you could say, will be there. I, I don't think there will be many. So... For now, at least, it very much is still contained, but you are starting to see crossover from people with influence and power. Mayor Suarez, Francis Suarez, who's been very vocal about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the potential for Miami, he made an appearance at some of the events I was at just to show face. But that's important, just seeing that type of person with that type of power in that position come to these events, it's showing that those with the power are seeing an opportunity here. Interesting. So Miami, once again, is becoming the center of uh, crypto world, at least in the United States. That is definitely what Amir Suarez is hoping to accomplish. You know, I don't know if Eric Adams, the soon-to-be mayor of New York, he is trying to make a dark horse play for uh, that position as he becomes the mayor. But Mayor Suarez is really, really leaning into it. So you're seeing a lot of activity in Miami in the crypto space, and that is only increasing as NFTs come to the fore. Can't really talk about New York being a dark horse, though. I mean, it's the, normally the leader of these things. So I think Miami's more of the dark horse. But is it, though? Because New York has all of its regulatory issues with crypto. It's not a place where crypto companies can just up and start flourishing. You need to have hundreds of thousands of dollars and teams of lawyers to get a meaningful foothold in New York. So uh, yes, in, in the terms of the financial world, New York's definitely the leader, but and in crypto investments, sure. And in a position of just the thought leadership, but it's not a place where businesses could just start up in the crypto space. And that is something that Miami is trying to be. 
If Miami finally starts having some cultural vibe, even thanks to NFT, oh my God, that's, that's going to be cool. Oh, you're trying to start some fights. Wow. I'm not partial to Miami, but Anna, you're out here saying that Miami has no culture. I'm just saying that Miami might use some additional cultural vibe. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about actual art, Danny. There's been a bunch of like a particularly hyped NFTs that people have been talking about even before the whole event started. Maybe you can tell us about some especially interesting pieces that, I don't know, like that people are chatting about that people are expecting to, to see, to buy. Like a bunch of stars has been involved, like pop stars and movie people and, and so on. Can you tell us about that? So today, really, full disclosure, will be the day where I'm venturing out and starting to see, hopefully, those installations and the presentation of the art itself. And I'm very much looking forward to that. I don't know if I can say yet, oh, well, this is the piece that everyone's talking about. This is the bell at the ball. This is the showstopper. Because again, it's so distributed. This is not one venue. This is not like NFT NYC, where it was a couple different spots, but it was still a centralized organizing policy whereby this is just a bunch of slapdash events. So from the artist's perspective, I've spoken so far to a guy named Ron English, I believe is his name. He's a New York street artist whose son helped him uh, pivot to NFTs. He uh, seems to be really into the space now. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's doing. I know that there are a bunch of different influencers that I'll be speaking to later today at uh, the One Of uh, conference. We will be recording a bunch of podcasts. Stay tuned for a Coindesk exclusive on that. But uh, you know, we're also seeing from the pop culture perspective more activity in this space. One Of just today announced that Pitbull. Uh, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305, is signing a multi-year deal to boost their brand. This is ahead of one of's integration with the Grammys. One of is going to be partnering with the Grammys to offer digital collectibles there. And so there again, you see NFT culture making plays for mainstream acceptance. And they're doing it by partnering with really big celebrity brands and big institutions in the cultural space. Interesting. All of this is to say, are NFTs, is the bubble about to pop after a year where we've, that started with Beeple's $69 million sale and has developed so much to this point, are we going to see a massive sell-off? The people with an interest in making sure that there isn't a massive sell-off, no surprise, are gearing up to ensure that this thing only gets bigger. Whether or not that is going to be enough to keep people interested. I personally think this NFT phenomenon is much more interesting for mainstream brands than crypto itself is because i mean crypto for better and worse has kind of banged on about the kind of future of money and the future of the financial system and inflation and all those kind of abstruse type topics mainstream marketers are not that interested in it funny money is this funny phenomenon that has nothing to do with real sort of mainstream culture but this nft phenomenon for all its frothiness does have real applications for building brands, for building communities and building companies. And that seems much more uh, durable for marketers, at least, than uh, sort of crypto is itself. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that. Wow, controversial statements here. Ben, if you turn out to be right, and in some time in the future, like NFTs are just a part of the mainstream culture and everybody's either have some or want some and crypto 
is still somewhere on the fringes of economy. For me, that would be an unexpected turn of events. By, by NFTs, we're not talking about necessarily you know, an avatar or a JPEG. We're talking about this token technology applied to all kinds of digital and non-digital assets. A bigger phenomenon than just sort of... Oh, like not just art? And, not just apes, no. Not just art? <laughs> okay. There is this Tina Turner dress NFT. That is one that I did see, actually. So last night, I was at the, uh, at the Capitol Grill at a speaker's dinner. I was not a speaker, but I, I enjoyed the steak nonetheless. And there was what I later realized, a Tina Turner mannequin wearing a Tina Turner dress. Someone had the high heels from the mannequin and they were showing off rhinestone encrusted high heels and they were yelling, let's put it on the blockchain. Put it on the, <laughs> put it on the blockchain. Right in that moment, you kind of see the clash of, the, like they were making a joke, right? They're saying, okay, let's just put it on the blockchain. It's what makes some money. But they're also, it's very real. They're going to they're put it on the blockchain and they're going to sell it and it's going to make a ton of money, probably. Did you see any more sort of celebrities while you were down there? Did I see any more celebrities? I'm pretty culturally inept, so I may have seen many, but I didn't realize it. But who knows? <laughs> oh, I did see Brock Pierce, but he kind of just shows up all over the place. He has a way of just showing up places. Is he still running for president? I hope not. Danny, but you said when we were chatting before the podcast, you said that you were on a flight with some real world artist who has been heading to Art Basel and she's been also thinking like, how can she kind of connect her art to this new NFT world? Can you talk about that maybe? Yes, absolutely. Her name actually was uh, Eva Mueller. She uh, left Berlin in 89. I, I would say she's very much uh, plugged into the uh, alternative scene. Very, very, very cool artist. She does a lot of digital art, whether that's, you know, commission pieces for businesses, but also more avant-garde, uh, exploratory stuff, exploring uh, concepts like gender, sexuality, the human condition, I guess you could say. But she was coming down for Art Basel, proper, quote unquote, stuffy Art Basel, to sell pieces at a gallery. She said she had checked a big bag full of pieces that she's going to be selling. And in fact, she had a truck come down from New York carrying some of the ones that were too big to fit on the plane. And the conversation, as it often does with me, inevitably shifted to crypto and NFTs. And she was saying she is not an NFT artist. She is a digital artist, but she is very much interested in it. And as I was telling her things to read, I saw her adding them to a list on her iPhone. That list already included things like acquire IPFS domain and figure out how to, you know, do MetaMask. So it was not just her giving me lip service. She already had been thinking very much about how to expand her reach, think about what types of pieces of art and what, what concepts would fit well with NFTs, not just, oh, I can make a quick buck, you know, by putting my Tina Turner high heel on the blockchain, but, oh, well, maybe this or that conceptual piece would actually work from a conceptual standpoint if we were to represent it on the blockchain and if I would represent it through an NFT. So that to me was really cool because there you're seeing someone who is very much invested in what their art is and, uh, and what it looks like and what it says and stands for, thinking, okay, there's this opportunity in NFTs to express myself in a different way. And sure, there's a profit incentive there, but from a proper artist's standpoint, there's also very much you know a philosophical aspect there too that's very cool that's very cool danny i think it's a good point to wrap this up and we look forward to hearing more from 
Art Basel and your trip down there, Danny. Careful with the sun and uh, wear that suntan. Hopefully you'll have a good time. Meet some celebrities. Will do. Very good. Uh, this has been Opinionated. I'm Ben Schiller. That was Anna Bedakova and Danny Nelson down in sunny Miami. And we'll talk to you next time. See you next week. Ciao. You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Bedakova, and Danny Nelson. Today's show is produced, announced, and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Our theme music is by Ellison. Have any questions or comments? Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.